Um, we're do some, doing something a little bit different over the summer weeks. Uh, so we're, we've invited uh, a group of people who don't normally preach. Um, and they've been doing a bit of training together over the last couple of months. And they're going to be speaking to us uh, from the book of Philippians over the next five weeks. So first up this morning is Zika Mai. Yeah. And she's very excited to come and share with us. Well, and we're very excited. So it's great, Ziki, yeah, to have you. you. Uh, she's been preparing away and asking God uh, what he wants her to speak about. So I'm really expectant that we're going to hear from God right now. So Thank over you. to you. Thank you, Nigel. Um, you know, for sure, the king is here. You know, the sovereign king who's able to change circumstances you know, who's able to break in. I don't know, I'm hearing a feedback. Do you guys know? Oh, okay. Um, so I'm Zikamai, and some people know me as Ziki, which is fine as well. And I'm a mother to three girls. Who, um, so I've got one who's a young adult, one who's a teenager, and one who's turning 10, so she's looking forward to being in double figures. So that's all exciting. And I guess with that, it also brings a challenge and joys of being a referee. People at different stages of their life, you know, sometimes they're good in helping each other and supporting each other, you know, but also sometimes, you know, just having to be the referee. But I'm so glad to be able to speak to you what God has placed on my heart. So maybe before we start, we'll just pray. Um... Dear God, I just want to thank you for this opportunity, for the privilege to be able to speak to your church. The King is here, and Lord, we are so grateful for that. And Lord, have your way. Come and speak to us, Lord. We want to hear from the living God. Come and take your place as the King who reigns and who is sovereign. Speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as Nigel said, we're going to be looking at the book of Philippians, and the message is growing in love. And I'm going to be looking at Philippians 1, verse 1 to 11. So if you've got your Bibles, you can open or you can look at the screen. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you, all, for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. You know, just these few verses we've read, we can sense the, um, you know, the affection that Paul has for this church. He almost speaks as if it's a parent speaking to their child. You know, they saw, in all my remembrance of you, when I think of you, it's in thanksgiving. I'm joyful when I think of you. You know, you've been with me. We've parted with me from the very first day until now. You know, I get the sense that Paul's love for the Philippians is so genuine. You know, it's so sincere. And he goes even as far as saying, actually, God is my witness. He can testify of how I long for you, of how I 
hold you in my heart. You know, you get that sense. And you also see that the love that Paul has for the Philippians is firmly rooted in his love for God. Because every sentence is, I thank my God. We praise God. You know, it's all about God. You've partnered with me in the gospel. So actually, all this love that the Philippians and Paul have for one another is firmly rooted in God's love. And I just, you know, I was thinking when I was preparing this, like when I think of Gateway, do I have the same affection? You know, just the thought of Gateway, does it bring joy? You know, am I thankful? Like, are we thankful when we think of one another? Are we praying for one another with love, you know, with joy? Are we thankful? Um, And... If I just go on to read, um, just to finish, because I'm reading all the way to verse 11. And it says, Paul says, I'm always praying for you. And we get an insight with this prayer, because after, after saying all this, he then prays for them. And he says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. So he's not just saying, I just want you to love for the sake of loving. That actually, as you love more and more, you may approve what is excellent. You may choose what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruits of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So Paul is urging the Philippians, may your love abound more and more. So God thinking, is it because the Philippians aren't loving? You know, is it because they just aren't a loving people? But actually, Paul starts by saying, your love. So obviously, there is, you know, they are a loving people. And if we look in, Philipp, um, in Acts 16, where we hear about the Philippians. So the book of Philippians that we're reading is um, a letter that Paul is writing to the church in Philippi on his missionary, second missionary journey to Eastern Europe, he planted a church in Philippi. And the Philippians had sent over one of them to look to serve Paul, and he's now writing back to the Philippians. So actually, the Philippians are quite a loving people. And if we go to Acts 16, where we learn about the Philippians, Acts 16, verse 15, uh, Lydia, who was a businesswoman, on receiving Christ, on hearing the gospel, she immediately urges uh, Paul and his companions and says, I will host you. So already, you know, just on receiving the gospel, she becomes hospitable. And also Paul, when he's in prison in Philippi, the jailer, on receiving Christ as well, washes their wounds and also urges them um, to come and live with them for a while. So these are loving people from, you know, from what we see in Acts. And even in this letter, as I was reading, Paula says, you know, you've partnered with me from the very first day. This letter is written about maybe a decade after Paul has been with them. And he's saying, you've partnered with me. You've been with me from the very first day until now. And I was looking up this word partnership. It's all, the way it is, it's not just about fellowshipping, just, but it's about a partnership. You know, almost like a business where you're in it together. Your responsibilities, you take on responsibilities together. Losses, profits, whatever it is, you are together. You know, you're for each other. And Paul is saying, you've been with me, you've partnered with me from the very first day until now. And also, later on in this letter, as we're reading, uh, 
the, the Philippians had sent over one of their own. So Epaphroditus had been sent over to help to serve Paul and also bring a financial gift for the Philippians. And the church of Philippi, in Philippians 4, verse 15 to 16, it says, Paul is saying the church of Philippi was the only church that partnered with me. You know, that gave, and not only did you give once, but you continued to give time and time again. And yet Paul is saying to a church that is so loving and so generous, may your love abound more and more. May your love abound more and more. And also when I was thinking of Gateway, I was like, actually, Gateway is quite a loving church. You know, we give, we partner. There was a special offering a few weeks ago, and, you know, people really gave. We partner with the people in Burundi. We know that Gateway is involved in a lot um, of social action programs that go on in Swindon. So actually, when I look at Gateway, I say, actually, Gateway is a, quite a loving and generous church. And Ed Paul is saying... May your love abound more and more. And also, I, I think my question is, like, when people who are new to Gateway, when they walk in, do they sense God's love in us? You know, do they sense that actually we are welcome here, that this is a place that is full of love? You know, when I first came to Gateway, my sister introduced me to this church, and she was like, my church is really good. And I, and I was like, yes, I'll come, but it will depend on whether... I like it or not. So actually, I had somebody that I knew in the church. But I'll never forget, Paul Dixon came to me and was like, oh, I've never seen you. You're new in this church, you know, whatever. And we, we started talking. He asked my name, which was quite difficult for him to say, Zikamai. But then he then made it his mission, you know, every Sunday. He would be, oh, don't tell me your name. I'm going to try and do it. But he became my point of contact. So when, I'm, when I came into Gateway, I was looking, where's Paul Dixon? So even when we're going to have our coffee, I knew that there was somebody that was going to talk to me. How are we with the people that are coming into Gateway? Do they get a sense of the love or the generosity that we say we have? And yet Paul is calling us and saying, may your love abound more and more. I think he's calling us out of being content with the status quo of just saying, yeah, we love, yeah, when we need to give, we're going to give. But he's calling us to excellence. You know, he's calling us to better things. And I think it's even appropriate that he is calling us and encouraging us to better things. Um, but at the same time, I think it's very necessary that we know that he's not calling us to strive. It's not about works. Like, how many good things are we doing? Because Paul makes it so clear in the letter because he says, he who has begun a good work in you. So it's all about God working in us. Yeah? And even this prayer that he says, he says, filled with the fruit of righteousness, you know, that come through Christ Jesus. So it's about God working. It's not about our outer works or what we can do but actually what he's doing in our hearts, what he's working in our hearts. And out of that overflow, out of the transformation that is happening in us, we can then love each other. You know, we can then love more. Our love can abound more and more. And, you know, God is so generous. You know, he's so loving. We've just been praising and worshiping and saying the king is here. He's sovereign. He's full of mercy. He's full of grace. He's full of love. And I like Job the way he says it in Job, Job 26 verse 14. He says, these are about the outer fringes of his works, 
How faint the whisper we hear from him. Who then can understand? So we've got a God who is so rich, you know, in love and mercy. So why should we then just be content? I'm saved. I know a little bit about him. I'm just going to stand there. But Paul's saying that's not enough. May your love abound more and more. Yeah. And then when I was looking at this type of love that he's talking about, you know, there's so many types of love, you know, some friendly, I like certain foods, you know, there's different kinds of love that are out there. And mostly it's reciprocal kind of love, you know, you love me and I love you back or you do this. But then he's talking about agape love, you know, God's kind of love, a sacrificial kind of love, a love that, you know, puts others, you know, bend, you know, like what do others desire and helps other people. So it's a love that doesn't even seek to get anything back. It's not a, like a conditional love, but a sacrificial love. One way you have to act upon your love is so that, oh, I think I love this person. It's just a feeling, but it's a kind of love where you have to act upon it. And when I was looking at agape love, I was like, oh, how can I, you know, me, myself, I was looking, I was like, how can I even begin to love this way? And not only that, he's asking that we, our love abound more and more. Like sometimes I don't even love myself that much. And we, he's saying, may your love abound more and more. So not only does he say, may your love abound more and more, but then he says, with knowledge and discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. So he's saying, actually, it's not just about your love abounding, but it should abound with knowledge. So our love should be directed and regulated by the knowledge of God. Love without knowledge can have disastrous effects. I know we know about it in the world where people just become so, I love this person and I'll do anything, and then sometimes it leads to hurting other people. But Paul is calling us to a love that is deeply rooted in knowledge and discernment. And the knowledge that he's talking about here is um, an experiential kind of knowledge. You know, being thoroughly acquainted, knowing someone like fully well, and he's saying that love should be based in the full knowledge of who God is. I mean, knowing God through experiencing him. But Paul is not only saying have the knowledge, but you then need to apply the knowledge that you know with discernment to be able to choose what is excellent, to be able to love in a way um, that is excellent. So actually, our, um, our ability to make decisions is then anchored in the truth that we know of God and not just, oh, I think this or I think that. And I think, like, how often do we sometimes think and say, I wish I could love my children better or my neighbors. How can I love my neighbors better? And then sometimes you've really tried your best, like, I'm going to try and love this person this way. But then it hasn't worked out well. It may be, in fact, it has led to hurt or people, you know, even breaking of relationships. But, but when you started off, you started off saying, I really want to love this person. So about two years ago, um, I was preparing for Children's Church, and um, the topic that we were doing that time was about guilt and shame. So when you you know, so I had to prepare, had to look at the verses that we were looking at, and as I began to read those verses, I I was so convicted 
because of the way I had been raising my daughters or what I had been doing. I was loving them so much. But maybe the way I thought I was encouraging, I was pushing them and doing all those things. As I began to prepare for this um, uh, lesson, I saw that actually I was heaping quite a lot of shame on them. And after that, you know, I, I remember sitting in the car and we were coming to church, just saying to my daughters, I'm really sorry. You know, this is what I meant. But it was because I had spent time in the Word. As I got to know God, I realized that actually, yes, I was meaning to be loving by pushing and doing and saying what I was saying. But after I'd read the word and what it said, I was able to change the way I was doing, still be loving, but doing it in a way that didn't bring guilt and shame on them. So as we spend more time with God, as we begin to know him more, you know, we begin to see what God cares for. We begin uh, to know what God is passionate about. We begin to see people the way that God sees people. And, um, you know, sometimes you wonder, what does God say about poverty? What does he say about my finances? What am I supposed to be doing with my work? How am I supposed to be spending my time? You know, so many questions. But I believe the more and more we spend time with God, we get to know more and more about him. And with that knowledge and with discernment, we begin to choose what is excellent. We begin to serve those around us in a more excellent way. You know, we begin to love people. Like, people no longer become a project. Because sometimes you almost feel like it's a choice. Do I? I can drop this. Yeah, so I was saying, the more you know God, the more you spend time with God, you know, you begin to walk with people or you begin... Yeah, you begin to walk with people, and it's not a chore, but it comes from an overflow of the love of God in your heart. And we do become what we behold. And um, Paul, in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 8, and he says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is spirit. So the more we gaze on God, the more we spend time with him, the more we see him, through his spirit, he begins to transform us from glory to glory. So maybe things that we might have struggled with, like how do I love people and everything, he transforms us in his spirit as we spend more and more time with him. So I guess the question is like, are we growing? You know, it's something I ask myself, like, from when we received Christ, so whether it's been a few weeks back, a few months, a few years, can you see transformation in your life? Like, sometimes I think you need to take a moment and look back and say, am I growing? Or am I exactly where I was when I first got to know the Lord. Can others around me see transformation? You know, those that are around me, those that know me, can they see transformation? You know, maybe the things that I knew about God then, are they, is it the same now? Or do I know him more? Um, so Paul is saying, may your love abound more and more. He's urging us into maturity, into growth, not just remaining um, stagnant. 
So even though we've received unconditional salvation, he's saying you, you can't just stay there. We've got a God of immeasurable wealth who, if we get to know, you know, we can start to live in what he has for us. And I was thinking, like my daughter, a few years back, she was doing her A-levels. And then you, you have to then apply to uni. And then the, the university is right back to you. And then they say, okay, we've given you a conditional offer. Or this is an unconditional offer, you know, depending on your grades. And my daughter, all of hers were conditional offers. She had to meet certain grades before the universities would let her in. But then some of her friends at college got unconditional offers. You know, they, whatever they did, however their grades turned out, they had conditional offers. And my daughter was like, oh, those people with conditional offers, they don't come to college anymore. They attend some lectures. You know, they're not really worried about anything because they've got an unconditional office. And then in the end, some of them didn't do as well as they expected to, because actually, you know, they weren't really bothered to do much because they had unconditional office. For us at Salvation, God, you know, he has given us unconditional salvation. We are saved and it's secure. But God doesn't want us to remain where he has found us. You know, he wants us to grow to experience his goodness in this life and not just wait and say, I've got my ticket to heaven or I've got my ticket, I know I'm saved, I'm just going to sit here. But actually God wants us to grow. He wants us to know him more and more and experience the benefits of his love here and now as we get to know him more and more. And um, I think throughout scripture you can see that the Christian life is not just about being stagnant but about growing, you know, or about being active actually in our in our walk, and then God, through God's grace, he also enables us and gets us to where we're supposed to be. Paul, as he's writing to the Philippians later on, in Philippians 3 verse 12, you know, and when we think of Paul, we're like, gosh, you know, he was so for God, he was after God, and he was really prayerful, he was this. But then he says, not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Jesus Christ has made me his own. So we also require our active participation. You know, we need to be involved in God grabbing hold of God's grace. And God, all the while, he's working in us, working in us to perfect us until the day of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, until the day of Jesus Christ. So actually, we never attain the standard and say, okay, uh, yeah, I've grown. This is it. You know, I'm, I've reached that but we are continually growing from glory to glory until the day of Jesus Christ. So I guess the question that we should be asking ourselves is like, so how do I grow? You know, I, I want to grow. I don't want to remain stagnant. What am I um, supposed to be doing? And I think it starts with just spending time with God. You know, with anybody, the more you spend time with somebody, you get to know somebody well. You get to know what they like. Sometimes we've got our own preconceived ideas, but actually when you spend time with them, you're like, oh, they're not that bad. We already know that God is a really good God. But the more we spend time with him, my gosh, we're going to know more and more about his goodness, about his mercy, about his grace, and we're going to grow as individuals. So spending time with God in personal prayer, you know, moments in your life, as you go about your day, are you spending time with God? Are you speaking to God? Are you saying, you know, just getting to know God? 
and also spending time with corp- in corporate prayer, so praying together. Nigel has just talked about um, a prayer meeting. You know, I've started attending these prayer meetings, and I have been so blessed. So from a point where I used to, most of the time, my prayers were just about, God, help me. Look, I'm in this situation all the time. That was mostly my prayers. But as I started to come to these prayers where we pray together, you feel encouraged. You know, you urge each other in faith. Sometimes you go there, you don't really feel like praying But by the time the meeting has just started, you know, you feel encouraged and then you push on together. And it also has led me to move away from self-centeredness. You know, I'm now caught up with the purposes of God. You know, whatever we're praying for Gateway, you also get caught up into that and you start praying for Gateway. You start praying for Swindon and everything. So it's also just an encouragement that spending time praying with others is really good. And even before the service, there's always a prayer meeting where we just pray for the service and just pray together. And those are ways we can grow in love because as we begin to do stuff together, we grow together. And also knowing God through his word, just spending time reading your Bible, being purposeful about it and saying, uh, maybe having a devotional, whatever it is, but just spending time with God, getting to know him. And for sure, as you get to know him more, your love will abound. Your love will grow more and more. And also, are you fellowshipping with others? Because Paul, right at the beginning, he says, you've partnered with me. And in Gateway, are you connected in Gateway? Or... Yeah, are you connected? Like, are you involved in a small group? Or are you serving with others? Because the more, because Paul says we need to know this truth, but we also then need to apply it in our daily lives. And a really good place to do that is in small group. And I've really learned, I think I've really grown a lot because I've been in my small group, I think, for the past four terms. And my small group, we have got a different array of people. So we've got people of different ages, in that group. We've got people who are in different stages of their walk with God. There's people who've been with, who've known, you know, who've received Jesus maybe for years, for decades. There's some who've just received God in the couple of, in a, you know, in a few months. But we all get together and we begin to share. We, we come from different countries and all. But when we meet together, you know, it's such a good time because when we struggle with stuff, so even if I'm struggling with something with my family or my job or I've got an interview, my small group will pray with me and we do that for one another. If somebody's really struggling with something, we are there, we're helping each other, we're urging each other on. Or sometimes we can have a Bible study and people are not sure about stuff, you know. We help each other, you know, we encourage each other. And small group for me has been really, really good because it is a place where we really connect. And I guess the thing for me is, are are you guys connected? Because, like, on Sundays, we talk to people, but it's never that. It's always on the surface. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. How was your week? It was fine. But when small group, you know, you get to walk together. You get to do life together. So I guess... 
as Paul was saying, is that we need to get hold of, you know, we need to get hold of God's grace. So it's our responsibility to try and get connected. And through those connections, um, we will surely grow. And then Paul, as he ends his prayer, and I'm just ending as well, is that he says... May your love abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. So be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. So it's not our doing, but he working in us to the glory and praise of God. So all we are doing for the glory and praise of God. So I think I just want to urge you that be connected let our love grow. We don't want to remain where we are because we serve a God who is, you know, full of mercy, full of grace, full of love, forgiveness. Everything you want is found in Christ. So I guess today I uh, just want to urge us that may our love grow and grow. May we grab hold of the grace that has been given to us and may our love grow and grow. And probably just to end it, I just want to say, maybe to those people who might feel, you know, I, I want my love to grow. I want um, to have this authenticity that Paul talks about, that when I think of you, you know, I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with love. And I must say, when I was preparing this, at first I was like, I don't really feel that for the people of Gateway. But when I started looking at my small group, it's true, when I do think about them, I am filled with thanksgiving mostly, you know, with joy, with love. And I think that can be for all of us. We can all experience here that love. We can experience it and we can also be loving to one another. So um, I guess I just want to pray f with those who feel my love has grown cold or maybe I've been stagnant. I've, I've been satisfied with where I am. But actually, I want to get to know God more and more. I want my love to grow more and more. Thank you.